You're gonna clap in three, two, one. Wonderful. Did you purposely delay that? That was very delayed on no, my end. But that's right. I'll be no. able to line up the claps. Don't worry, I'll work it out. Come on. Okay. Let's get on with Let's this. Clap. Okay. Are you ready? <clears throat> Baby. Friends yeah, in I'm ready. Shut up. <laughs> Content catch up. Friends and enemies, welcome back to another episode of the Woo-hoo! Content Catch-Up. We're back. We made it. We, we survived, Barks. We survived your driving the other day to drop off some T-shirts. So so thank you for being a responsible driver, um, even though that you thought that um, there was a beach in Essendon. Yeah, well, you've blown that out of proportion. So if, you're not, if you don't know what we're talking about, listeners, we went a uh, bit of an Instagram, Instagram journey last night, didn't we? We dropped off T-shirts. Went on a journey t-shirts to our beloved um few beloved listeners that actually bought the t-shirt so thanks to the rest of you who didn't but uh we went instagram live great great experience and yeah uh, a few few geographical references that jules just is making fun of me because i'm not great with locations suburbs i'm surprised you didn't crack the i'm not great with geology um no that's lame that's a stupid joke yeah, overdone. Anyway, Barks, this is show is not about us today. Let's keep this intro short and sweet. Yeah, we have a very special guest joining us today. Do you want to? Do you want to tell us who it is? I'd love to, Jules. So Lee Olson is his name. I've followed Lee for a long time. Uh, I'd best describe him probably as just a digital artist. I think he um, he'll explain it much better than me. But a lot of um, graphic design slash digital work animation um a lot in the sport and basketball area no surprise that's how i know him but his work is genuine genuinely amazing um you can tell it's his work when you see it it's it's like no other sort of designer that i follow but i think that's a nice little intro to it so let's go to it let's go here he is lee olsen on the content catcher All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're joined today by Lee Olsen. We'll go straight into it. Lee, how are you going? Thanks for joining the show. I'm doing very well. Thanks, Mike. Uh, thanks for having me. No, you're welcome. How's how's Townsville life? You're up there in the, I'm guessing, very hot weather? Yep, up sticks, they call it. It's Brownsville here at the moment. Um, very hot, but I'm like most days, I'm spending my time in my little air-conditioned office trying to avoid the heat as much as possible. you got to do it. you got to do it. Um I feel like I was saying before we started recording this that I feel like I sort of know you over the the Twitter sphere or Twitter sphere and the Instagram uh, world, but um, it's good to sort of virtually meet you. But for those that don't know who you are, give us a bit of a snapshot of who you are and I guess what you do. And so uh, yeah, my name is Lee Olson. Uh, people probably know me online as Shift Refresh, which is a username that I came up with based on back in the day I was a web designer and to. You had to clear your cache when you're making changes on a website. And to do that, you actually <laughs> you literally hold down shift and click refresh. So it's a much nerdier and, and uh, you know, less cool uh, story behind that. I always get people asking what, what's shift refresh. That's where it comes from. It's from my computer nerd background. So, yeah, I, was, uh, I studied uh, web and graphic design at JCU up here in uh, North Queensland back in the early 2000s. Uh, managed to get a job locally as a web designer. I did that for about five or six years, um, then started doing that in a freelance capacity up until about 2008. And around about that time, I'm oh, sorry, no, I started, started as a freelance in 2008. Um, and then up until about 2015, I worked as a web designer and I just started to get the sick, sick of websites. They were all starting to look the same, all you know, uh, following the same kind of format. And it was around about that time, I sort of saw people starting to have some success posting uh, sports-related artwork and graphics and stuff on social media um, and a, a few pokes from friends and some encouragement. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give that a go. And so, yeah, I just fired up a, uh, an Instagram and a Twitter and a Facebook and just started creating stuff in my own time and just posting it on there and, you know, uh, tagging different people and trying to get some people's attention. And then eventually, um, you know, through, through um, persistence, I'd have a few people popping up and a few organizations reach out to me and I managed to just land work here and there until I sort of made a bit of a name for myself and it's just continued to, to snowball from from that point on. 
it's an unreal journey to think like um probably like one of the more pioneering people in the space when you talk about your journey from like just website design not just website design sorry website design is a art in itself but then transitioning it into to something so cool and i think anyone who's ever even spent a half a minute scrolling your instagram feed would be blown away by the the kind of work that you do so i I'm glad that someone pushed you into this space because we're all um, better off for it. Um, you said it there, you, you kind of work with some big clients. Uh, who are some of the bigger overseas clients that you've worked with so far? So I think the, the bigger clients I'm most renowned for would be in the basketball space. So obviously the NBA was one of the first um, large ones I did some work for. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff for their, the ad NBA social media pages on Instagram and stuff like that. Um, and then NBA 2K was probably the big one. Um, I, I do remember it was like a, a Sunday Sunday morning and I got an email one day just saying, hey, we, we like your stuff. We're, we're working on something. It's a, it's a basketball game. wonder if you're interested. And <laughs> I, I get these, <laughs> yeah, like I get these kind of emails quite often or you get direct messages like this that just sort of seem vague and you just sort of, you be polite and respond, which is what I did. And then the second email was a bit more involved and they, they said, this is actually 2K and it sort of blew me away. I was glad Jesus. I didn't disregard that email kind of thing. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, 2K, they found me, um, I was posting artwork, uh, wallpapers and stuff on a website called DeviantArt. And that's oh, yeah. a, it's a digital art community that I've been a member um, in since about 2002 when I first on the side, I was just making abstract 3D wallpapers and stuff like that. But I'd always had this account sitting there. And so when I started doing the sports stuff, I thought, oh, why not? I'm putting it everywhere else. Why don't I just fire up DeviantArt again and start posting these wallpapers there? And lo and behold, I think strictly because DeviantArt had some pretty pretty good social, uh, sorry, not social, um, SEO, like good search engine optimization. I'm pretty sure the creative director at 2K one afternoon, probably having a glass of wine, has just punched in like NBA wallpapers. <laughs> and just perused and saw some of my stuff and that went to my DeviantArt page and, and that's how that came about. So, so yeah, 2K, um, FIBA, the International Basketball Federation. Um, and just of late, I've been lucky to do some work for the NFL. I did some, a big oh, mural awesome. for their new headquarters in, in Los Angeles there. Um, and then there's some other smaller things. I've done some work for some college football um, over in America and stuff like that. But it's the basketball is really that's if you if you follow me and you see see my work you know that's sort of what i what i live and breathe yeah that's unreal to think like a, it just came through as an email one day like you yeah I, I don't know how i'd expect something like that to come through i'm thinking like a formal letter like something from the queen or something yeah saying, it, hey, i think we're the head of 2k <laughs> absolutely i think it just goes to show you can't like we all get dms and messages and emails and half the time because yeah. there is so much spam you just disregard most of it but yeah. I found that at least even if you're turning down work, if you're polite about it, you just sort of give the, you don't have to give them a reason, but you say, oh, no, you know, thanks for your interest, but no, thank you. I was pretty much going to do that to this email because it just seemed like a, just another sort of, I don't know, Ponzi scheme or something. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit worrying um, that if they were that vague, like imagine what other artists out there have possibly missed. <laughs> exactly. I think I got lucky, but at the same time, I can understand like that. He made us, he may have sent that email out to a few different people. And, he, and because you need to actually sign like a non-confidentiality agreement um, prior to taking right. on too much information, they, they are sort of a bit vague in, in that regard. So I do understand it, but um, yeah, it, it worked out well for me in the end. So. <laughs> you kind of answered the, the next question we had in mind in, in terms of like how people find you and it from what, I, what you just said, it's through like play, um, profiles like DeviantArt and your Instagram profile, obviously. Um, I might um, twist the question a little bit and say like, what's it like working all the way from Townsville in, with like big clients overseas, like designing a mural for a wall you're potentially never going to see, that's got to be a little bit um, difficult at like the back and forth process of that all. It is. It is. To be honest, that's all I know. So it's yeah. sort of, that's just become the norm for me. But I do take pride in the fact that I'm in this little house in a little <laughs> office up in the middle of nowhere and I am able to sort of establish clients around the world and stuff. It's sort of a, it is a pride factor for me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, again, it was just these clients just finding me. I think it just pays, pays to put yourself out there, put yourself, it doesn't matter. Like a lot of people say, oh, you, you're almost whoring yourself sometimes yeah. to, you know, with the tags and whatnot. But I think it's in this day and age, it's something you really have to do. Absolutely. Especially when there's so much competition now, like, well, that's the thing. And when I got into the, to this game, I, I wasn't 
a pioneer in any regard. There were people that were doing it for a couple of years prior to myself, but it's it's like tenfold now the amount of people mm. doing it. And then you've got younger people as well. Like like I've I've been using Photoshop since I was like twenty, which is almost twenty years ago, which is scary to think about. <laughs> But you see, like my my son, I've got a seven year old son. We just got him a laptop for for Christmas, and he's already bugging me. He wants me to put Photoshop in there because he sees everything I do. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and like he'll, I'm pretty. He's a he's a he's a quick learner. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll get him up to speed, <laughs> and within sort of three four years, he'll the the progression he'll make will be mind blowing. So I'll probably be competing with my son for for clients. <laughs> that might be the next collaboration. <laughs> I think so. First. So we hear about LeBron wanting to uh, play with his son, Lee Olson, designing for his son. I think I think it's insane the clients that I see pop up that you're working with, as you say, just from your little office in uh, a little home in Townsville. Do you still pinch yourself of what you're doing, or is it just sort of uh, you're cool, no, cool, I calm, still, collected about it now? <laughs> no, I, I, I'm the last person that's cool, calm, and collected, man. I think I've got some kind of anxiety <laughs> issues and all kinds of stuff, but it, I do pinch myself, especially with NBA 2K. I mean, to think I've been a basketball obsessive my whole life. I've played that game since day one on the on the Dreamcast. To think that I would one day be creating these these or working on these games and seeing my my name in the credits and my little signature and mural on the walls and stuff still blows my mind so every every year when i get to post what i've done and stuff it's it's a thrill so yeah it never this kind of stuff never sinks in particularly with the social media side and and you know crossing with celebrities and stuff like that it's uh it's mind-boggling i think it's really important to keep that perspective as well to always remember what you're actually doing um a little bit of a segue of sort of pinching yourself there's been a few, well, I'm sure I want to hear from you who's sort of gotten around you um, individually. Like I know Shaq is one who put that in the run sheet of um, Shaq and Kobe. I'm not sure if he posted that, but it definitely, that got brought up on TNT, didn't it? Is that sort of the coolest yeah, I guess, Shaq, shout out? Shaq is easily the, the sort of the biggest sort of shout out, I guess you call it, in, in, that's, that's mm-hmm. sort of come across my path. And I mean, it starts from like, Shaq was the reason I got into basketball back in like 1994. Oh, yeah. I first heard, I saw a kid wearing a Lando Magic hat and I was like, what's going on here? And he started telling me about the Shaq guy. And <laughs> I think I went down, hired <laughs> out a video and saw him tearing, tearing down hoops and stuff. And I was sort of captivated. So yeah, I followed him my whole career. I followed him to, or his whole career, sorry. I followed him to the Lakers and they became my team. But yeah, um, early on in the, in my um, experiments on on uh, Instagram and whatnot, I was doing the um, NBA time machine posts where I'd take a picture of like a current day player and mix them with an old day player. And sometimes that'd be a comparison of their game or, or just a bit of fun or, what, or whatnot. And the first one I did, one of the first ones I did was Shaq versus Wilt Chamberlain. And I put that up one day and sort of posted it and went to bed. And I woke up the next morning and Shaq had shared it on his um, on his Instagram page. He'd crop my name out and everything, of uh, course. Oh, <laughs> bastard! <Jack. laughs> but in saying that, I had my my signature was down in the bottom corner, so I'm pretty sure. Like, and again, it's 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 highly unlikely it's Shaq. It'd be whoever's managing his account. So they yeah. just yeah. So that, so I was blown. I didn't care what happened. They didn't have to tag me or anything. I was like, oh my god, what is what is happening? And in actual fact, over the years, like his account has shared three or four different things I've done. Just just for the hell of it still no credit which is okay but <laughs> so it's been an ongoing joke with friends of mine because basically what's happened it's this is this just shows how ridiculous social media is um there's a number of reasons here but like so i did an artwork of um prior to kobe, kobe bryant passing away i was doing mm-hmm. a series of artworks called next next gen and so basically i would have a one of the big superstars in the league and splice their face um with their their son or daughter so the first one I did was LeBron and Bronny, and then I did um, Wade and his son, and then I did one of Kobe and his daughter. And this was, again, this was in 2019, so this is prior to anything, of the tragedy and whatnot. Um, and I did one of Shaq and his son. But anyway, the morning that Kobe had passed away, I didn't realize until I woke up and I checked my Instagram, and it was blowing up. This post I did, like, it was probably about four or five months earlier, all, all of a sudden had thousands of likes and whatever. And I, I sort of pieced it together after the fact. And anyway, that piece ended up going viral and, and people wanted to purchase prints and, and all this kind of stuff. So I ended up just putting it online sort of for free. Like here's a, if you want to do something with it, that's fine. But in the aftermath of all that, um, I created a piece that was uh, Shaq and Kobe as old men together, like sort of because he'd always talked mm-hmm. about growing old and their kids playing basketball and this and that. So I, I sort of I, I was curious to see how that worked because I always pictured Kobe being like Bill Russell at 
you know, at the NBA finals, handing out trophies and, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I did this piece with the two of them and that came across Shaq's radar and his agent reached out to me and said, Hey, Shaq loves this. Could you get a, could you arrange to have that you know, printed or something for him? So I was wow. like, you know, absolutely. So I blew it up on like a, you know, 50 inch canvas and sent it off to them at the same time. So he, he would talk about it. I think he talked about it on, I saw him on, on, on inside the NBA and a few other different podcasts and stuff, but he obviously didn't know or remember who created it. Yeah. I, so, I remember, I remember listening to it. Yeah. He, he kept saying, I don't know who did this, but thanks. <laughs> and he did this on three or four occasions. Like, I love this artwork. I don't know who did this. And everyone's like, everyone's he like your name out of him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But eventually he got in touch and, and, and it was all good. But um, it was, again, around the same time, I, um, Shaq had a Super Bowl party. Um, and that weekend, he was sort of, it was a celebration of Kobe's life. And he had a custom-made Rolls-Royce, um, which had like decals and artwork all over it. On the bonnet of his car was a graphic of Shaq and Kobe that I edited oh, in about wow. 2016. Oh, and it was the first I heard about it. It was just like, like, he essentially just grabbed it and put it on the bonnet, which is... It's, it's, it's dicey, but yeah. it was I was yeah. just blown away by seeing this thing. So Shaq has this Rolls Royce with the artwork that I've created on the bonnet. So it's it, yeah. <laughs> no, so I was gonna um sorry cut off. I was gonna say how powerful art can be. Like terrible circumstances, obviously with what happened with Kobe, but it's not just sort of like putting a graphic together. It tells a story, and it it really does mean a lot to a lot of people yeah. depending on the artwork i just think it's really it, it's cool in a way obviously unfortunate circumstances but it's very yeah powerful is the best word i can well that's what i've it. always tried to do is because uh, early days when you're starting out and you're trying to create a following i mean you're trying to get people's attention and whether that's captivating their emotion or nostalgia or things like that that's what i try and look for in the graphic that i'm creating because at the end of the day you want you want people to like your work and you want to you want the eyes and stuff so you want something people are going to connect with so and that was one of the big draws with sport is you know people are passionate about all kinds of things mm. but sport is right there with religion in terms of mm you know, people getting, getting behind it. And you can see, I, I remember I've posted stuff and it'd be like controversial. I'll be mixing two players together and saying, you know, who's going to be better. And just the, the variety of responses you'll get on social media, you'll get the, you, the positive stuff and you get the absolute negative stuff, but it's like, I don't know, you just sort of roll with it, I guess. Get the people be like, how dare you absolutely compare oh. these two people? Mm. absolutely oh. and it's funny though too because i mean sometimes these people that are saying that are like 12 years old and they're just used to they're just used yeah. to fighting people and i just yeah take it all with a grain of salt try not to fight 12 to. year olds that's that's a that's a good other tip for life like just don't fight 12 year olds online it's not really <laughs> it's a good way. that's a good way to live i think i probably waffled on from the question there though you're talking about sort of other uh, crossovers with celebrities and stuff so yeah shack was the, was the biggest one i've had I've been lucky to do a couple of years ago. Um, I did a custom artwork, which was for Alex Caruso when he was at the Lakers, but it was actually mm. arranged by his girlfriend at the time. Oh, cool. <laughs> so she, she reached out That's to me. Cool. Yeah. And so I did this big artwork. And then, so after I'd sent it off and stuff, um, I was curious to see what they ended up breaking up. <laughs> so, oh. so as far as I'm aware, he still has this. Yeah. It must not be good. <laughs> I think I'll have to dig through my DMs. I'm pretty sure I got like a thumbs up or something from from <laughs> Alex. It. That was about it. And yeah, he's off to the he's off with the Bulls now. So I don't think he wants this Lakers thing anymore. Who knows? But um, hmm. but I've had uh, who else have I done work for? I did I did work for Rashad Lewis, um, ex NBA oh, yeah. player. He saw some of my like caricature kind of stuff a couple of years ago, and I did a cu couple of custom ones for him. And then just some other smaller ones from that. A lot of the times, most of my celebrity interactions are from celebrities just grabbing images of mine and using them. Um, yeah. I, I remember I did one of when uh, Lonzo Ball was new to the Lakers. I did sort of like a abstract Lonzo Ball artwork. And a couple of weeks later, I saw a Snoop Dogg post that had the, the graphic and it had text and like promotional stuff oh, like slapped no. all over the top of it and put it up there. <laughs> And I was like, that's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I was like, I, I was just wrapping my head around. Like, that's cool. I, I don't mind. Like, they destroyed the artwork, but I don't care. Snoop Dogg shit. No. That, that's fine. Yeah. So there's Who been cares? lots of little bits. I've when I first started out, I used to take screenshots and get really excited and stuff. So I, I've lost track of, of of exactly how many times these kind of things have happened. But it makes it fun. I mean, for every time someone rips off your work or something, you still get like I've had Sports Center share my stuff and tag me, which yeah. gives you a big boost and stuff like that. So it's the internet that it's done so much good for me that anytime little 
things like you know detrimental things yeah. happen that's just you know part of the game i think that's such a like good because i was about to ask like does it piss you off but like i guess you got to take the good with the bad with that like if athletes are sharing it it's people are still seeing your art and for anyone that sees it repeatedly they'd probably know who you are anyway but you know yourself that that's your artwork and that's your pride that absolutely and yeah, and a lot of the ways uh, the internet is still the wild west. So you, you put something out there, I um, mean, you can say you know copyright, this is mine, whatever. But it's just it's just going to go. It's it's only when people start flogging your stuff and you see them putting them on t-shirts and making money off it that yeah. it becomes a bit of an issue. But the good thing about building a community is uh, like I've got eyes out there for me as well. So I'll, someone will tag me, hey, I've seen this, and and the Love same that. thing. I'll come across other artists that I've worked with in the past and say, hey, mate, someone's flogged your work here. And so I think we all look out for each other, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shouts to the community. Um, part of this is you sort of touched on it then. Actually, you mentioned the words like caricature, abstract. You're—I'm not just saying this because you're in front of me, but you're probably one of my favorite artists to follow because I honestly don't know what to expect from your ne- next piece of artwork. Like, yeah, like how would you describe your style to people that haven't scrolled your Instagram? Because I don't know—it's a mix of yeah, caricature, real slash fake, but it's all. I don't even know how you do it or where to begin, but how would you describe it? Well, firstly, I pre- appreciate that, mate. That's that's cool to hear. I've I was looking at the run sheet and I was trying to think how I'd describe my work. And to be honest, I, I like to think of myself as quite versatile. I can do a bunch of, of different kind of styles. What I do get people say, oh, is like they'll tag me in something and they say, is this yours? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that is. And, they, mm. and I, like, I can't see how they can tell. Like, obviously, if I'm doing some of the caricature kind of stuff, that's pretty like that's pretty distinct but you know i'll still do social media graphics for for organizations where it's literally infographics and things like that in terms of narrowing it down into a to into a like a, a label i can't really give it one i mean i mean i was always inspired by sort of the 90s and and sort of the you know one of the big things for me was the uh, skybox cards from the early 90s that sort of uh geometric kind of shapes and real sort of colors that pop and just uh, yeah I, that, that was something that really drove me but I, i'm always trying to do something different so to hear that you never know what to expect is a cool cool thing to hear so yeah i don't have a, a label as such for it i don't think i like to try what, whatever i can and, and try different things like i'm still learning um like animation is still something that's a little bit foreign to me mm-hmm. but i i know enough to to get by here and there and so i'm just trying lots of different things i think that's cool though. Like you, we don't know what to expect. You've got such a versatile like sort of feel about your artwork, but at the same time, you can still tell that Lee Olson did it. Like that's that's pretty cool. I think we've talked about that. Like artists and video editors, whatever it might be, the the really good ones we've noticed a trend that even though they're so different and versatile, you can sort of still tell it's their work. So I think that's a that's probably a compliment, if anything. I was trying to think, and I think perhaps a lot of it is I've started to focus a lot more on like lighting. So if I'm working on a character, you know, where does the light come from and how does it affect, where should the shadows be and stuff like that. And so those kind of things I apply to a lot of the stuff I do. And because I'm using similar techniques across different styles, even though the styles might be different, I'd say there'd be elements there that like people would just become accustomed to and that might help them sort of uh, realize that's my style, I guess. So it's cool to hear. I I like to hear it. Yeah. I got to say it's... um last one on this but like it's also really cool when i was scrolling your feed i noticed that you don't just typically stick to sport all the time like i saw a, um one of the best things i saw on your thing was the jerry seinfeld like michael jordan <laughs> dunk and i'm like yeah. for anyone who doesn't like 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 sport but also likes 90s culture in general like that's really cool to see yeah. as well so um that's a big thing i've tried to do yeah like I, I just to be honest a lot of the stuff i do is just entertaining myself yeah. like oh this is, i'd love to have this on a t-shirt or you know stuff like yeah. that so and i think it's good in terms of uh, building an audience like yes i have a, a, a large like the majority of my followers are basketball fans and stuff but i do like to touch on some other things that have just interested me throughout my life so well, yeah you produce for yourself as well like that makes the work way more enjoyable and you never know who you're going to get along when you do something fun like that as well, you capture a new yeah, Exactly. And I mean, at the end of the day, I could have zero followers and no Instagram account. And I'm that into this kind of stuff now that I'd still be doing it just for my own, my own time. Like we're, I, was, we're, I was having a few beers with some friends the other day and they were talking about like one of my friend's um, wife has gone out of town for the week and oh, he's going to party and do all this kind of stuff. I was like, mate, if that's me, I'll just like crank my music up. I'll have a drink and I'll just sit in Photoshop <laughs> yeah. for the weekend. That's how I spend my time. That's how I enjoy that's myself. That's how much you enjoy yeah. it as well. That's real passion there. Like if you can yeah. do that nonstop. Yeah. 
a new area. Let's uh, let's take it. You know you're a great designer, <laughs> and this is one that Barks and I are still wrapping our heads around. So you'll forgive us if we be patient with us. <laughs> we've read we've read Barks's guide, but it still hasn't helped us. Um, NFTs big getting bigger and bigger in the sports space and the sports design space um, as as the last couple of years. How are you using them, and how do you think it's changed the work that you do? That's a good question. And to be honest, I'm still wrapping my head around the <laughs> NFT space. It seems to be changing on a, on a daily basis. Um, and so it's actually consumed my life these past couple of months, just trying to get up to speed and, and how, how to best use it and, and things like that. And I've actually started collecting oh, cool. NFTs, which is, which is also dangerous. <laughs> um, like pretty much any profit that I've made selling NFTs has gone back into like collecting. Yeah. So I'm actually like, I'm almost like a net negative at the moment. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so my foray into NFTs was earlier this year, I was trying to think what's the way that I could get in to test the waters because I really had absolutely no idea how this all works. I just heard people had you know made like $70 million or something selling <laughs> something and it, I was just like like all of us. Oh, I'll do that. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, yeah, sure. No worries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think our follow account, <laughs> our follow account's a little bit different, so it doesn't quite quite work for that. But um, you know, my way in, I thought, well, there was because obviously that this Kobe artwork that I did was so popular and really connected with people. I thought I could see if people would be interested, but at the same time, I could do some good. So I basically put this up as a, a one of one NFT with all proceeds going to the Mamba Mamba Cedar Foundation, his charity. And that way it's like, because the last thing I wanted is, oh, look at this guy trying to Profit, you know, money yeah. grab and profiting off this yeah. and that. So I was like, well, let's put it up. If there's actually interest in it, then the more interest, the more money we can make for, for charity. So um, that ended up selling. Um, there's a guy, he's a bit of a legend in the NFT space, King, King of Midtown, he goes by the name of. He actually purchased that. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was a decent amount of money. Yeah. Um, and I went to, um, to donate it. And it turns out you had to be in the United States to actually transfer the money into oh. the account. <laughs> So I end up good um, intentions, but couldn't oh, do it. <laughs> well, it turned into a whole whole big thing. But a, a good friend of mine, uh, Jack Perkins, Pure Hoop. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Yes, great um, fellow. Yeah, he's a very trustworthy fellow too. I ended yeah. up sending him the funds, and in the US, he was able to put that in there for me. So it's a, a multi-step process, but we got there across the line. But um, but you know, I'm, I'm diverging. So yeah, we started. That was my first sort of foray into into NFTs, and there was some good interest there. That was actually minted and launched on Rarible, which was the first sort of platform I played around with. Um, and then everyone was sort of talking about OpenSea is the place you need to be. So there was OpenSea and Foundation as another um, NFT platform for sort of one of one artworks and stuff. So I sort of thought around and, and what could be a way that my fans like because the thing is you can't just go and grab a picture of kobe bryant or michael jordan yeah. or whatever with their jersey and just you know slap it on a card and sell it there's a variety of thing reasons behind yeah. that uh <laughs> copyright intellectual property this and that in saying that that does not stop people i don't know if you've seen some of the stuff up on just on these different marketplaces but people are just trying to sell anything people are stealing other artists yeah. are putting up there it's just there, there will be some regulations coming in over time which i think will sort of sort some of that stuff out um, but because the whole idea behind it is it everything being decentralized and away from those kind of things, you can see it's it's a bit of a gray area. And I do understand a lot of people have a lot of apprehension and, and prefer to stay away. So I just thought I've always, I started as a web designer and I had some fun with that, but I wanted to try something different. So I got into sports design and I'm still enjoying that, but I was trying to find other ways to potentially generate new revenue streams or new realms to explore creativity. Um, and that's what I've started to do with, with um, NFTs. So one of the big ones I created was uh, something called Hybrid Mythics. And it was basically a tribute to like three of my favorite players. And it was the uh, LeBron, Kobe and Jordan. Um, but I was trying to find a creative way to, to get these kind of their, their personas in the art without literally having Michael Jordan, Kobe and, um, and LeBron. So basically what I did was work with their, uh, you know, Jordan's the goat, Kobe's the black mamba and uh, LeBron is the king. And so I had these artworks of, of, of literally a goat, <laughs> uh, yeah. a lion and, and a snake. And I sort of, I started dabbling in some animation and sort of put together this, this one of one artwork that had the three of those guys in there. And I put that up on, um, on foundation. 
Um, and that was, it sat there for a little while because I, I still trying to build an audience there, but I ended up selling that and having some success with that. And I've actually had a lot of interest in that. I'm sort of considering doing some sort of one-on-one like breakout pieces of those characters potentially in the future. Um, and so I've done a few bits of artwork sort of around that, but it really, I'm still, I've got some long-term plans. I'm thinking of some like collections um, and some things that I'm going to create from scratch, like, like my own IP and, and things like that. Um, and I've also had um, some success. Um, see, there's a, the term derivative normally in art, generally speaking, is is frowned upon. It's like, you know, you grab something and you, you do a derivative of it. It's basically seen as copying. Um, but there's a lot of projects in the NFT space that are, that are open and they're encouraging you to be inspired by their work to create your own. Yep. And the philosophy is that by you doing so, it's going to bring more eyes to the main project. And so you both benefit from that. Um, and one of the projects I've, I've actually invested in is called Chain Runners, which is uh, it's not so much basketball related. It's sort of a sci-fi Blade Runner kind of element. Uh, forgive me if I sound ridiculously nerdy. I've been like <laughs> I, I've been living Indeed. and breathing this for like two months. So uh, yeah, it just seems like a second nature to me. But anyway, I've, I've created a series of derivative artwork based on this, and I'm having some success, and some uh, people are quite interested in, in that kind of stuff. So. I'm looking to diversify from not just sport, but doing some other things and having some fun creatively trying some some new things. I think it opens up such a crazy amount of opportunities. And while it sounds da- like it, it sounds daunting to me, I can imagine it would sort of re-energize you to tackle that next space as an artist. Absolutely, and it's because I yeah, I start I came into this space as a sports designer. And in doing so, I've learned to be more of an artist and now I'm branching out into some other things. So I'm only just starting to refer to myself as a digital artist, which is sort of cool and exciting yeah. and daunting <laughs> at the same time, but just, just trying different things. And I am, there are, there, are, there have been some opportunities. I've had some different sports people re- reach out to me and I've done some potential spec work for different um, sporting organizations, but because the whole thing can fluctuate with the crypto scene as well. A lot of people mm. are sitting on artwork that they're not ready to drop because at the moment it's it, it might not be the best time and it's just it is all over the place. There's no there's no handbook for this. It's it's not nothing's been written. It's all happening, which is exciting yeah. but also scary at the same time. And and every day you hear people getting um, scammed out of their collections or scammed out of this, and it's just it's a very volatile space. Um, I have absolute confidence in the technology and the philosophy behind it and where it's going. Um, eventually, you'll, I think I'm pretty confident you'll be seeing things like ticketing for sports events will be handled via yeah. NFTs. Um, we've already seen the success of Top Shot. Uh, that kind of stuff's just going to keep going from strength to strength. And there, I think there are applications that we can't even comprehend yet. Um, a lot of people sort of compare it to like the early days of the internet where everyone's excited by the potential. Um, and at the time, you're probably just downloading cat pictures on your, on your, you know, there's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's jewels all over. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you know, internet shopping, it was in its infancy. There's so many things that are down, down the track. So my whole thing is I thought I'll just jump in, have a go, and at least I'll be getting up to speed with it. So by the time it is everywhere, I, I'll, I should know, you know, where we're going. Uh, but in saying that, I'm still a, I'm still rudderless. <laughs> I'm still like, yeah, every day thinking, what the hell's going on here? But it is good fun, and it's very addictive. So, be warned. <laughs> I, I love, um, I love the fact that it, it's just opened up so much for so many artists, and it, it does have so much potential for like potential application for so many different things. Like you were saying, ticketing will become like an NFT, or like game day posters, or whatever might all become something that when you're at the ground or the stadium, whatever, it becomes second nature. So once they, yeah, yeah. once they nail everything else and everyone kind of like gets along on this journey, I think um, I've, I've, I'm almost confident that I'm going to start looking into them. That's how like, um, I, I think it's one of make, those things. We're going to make one. Yeah, we just have to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you jump in and have a go. Um, just do not, if you're investing, do not over invest. They all say like, don't, if anything you spend, be prepared to lose it in the early days because go. like, don't, you know, if you're comfortable in losing it, that's okay. But it is, it is a bit of a dangerous space, but yeah, I just think there's infinite, infinite potential there and stuff that we, we can't even comprehend it. it the, the thing I have found though, is there's such a backlash to it as well yeah. that like I've already, I've, I've had a bunch of followers just not specifically who they are, but I've just had a, a follower drop and I'm pretty confident it's just from maybe waffling <laughs> on too much about NFTs, but I'm like, you know, I can't please everybody. Like, you've so, got to move with yeah. the times as well. And if that's where the times are going as a digital artist, like you, you got to do it. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll be honest, mate. Um, at the start of the year, when I first heard about this stuff, I had people saying, hey, you should get on board with this. And I tried to look into it and I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I was like, this sounds ridiculous. Like, how can you value yeah. this? And then it wasn't until I started to understand that it's the, the actual token behind the item that's worth the money. Um, I mean, you are still collecting some stuff for art, but a lot of times it's, you might be, in, if you're buying something from me, you might be investing in my future or how you see me as an artist progressing. Yeah. Um, things like that. So, but yeah, I, it took me a while to actually come around. So I do understand why people might be sort of dubious about the whole space. It's it's like anything new. It always takes a bit of time. But um, Lee, we're about to, talking about time, we're about to run out of time on our, our free Zoom. And I don't want us to just cut off and not be able to take the time to thank you for everything that you've discussed on the, the pod today. Um, it's a real insight and in especially into your creative technique and the journey that you've come along to get to this point. And I think anyone listening will be inspired about by that, but also to see that you're still developing and, and still looking for new things to do. So thanks for joining us on the show. Um, and anyone who's not following Lee, um, I don't know what's wrong with you because you're, you're really missing out on, on something special. So thanks again for your time today, mate. Thanks very much, fellas. It's an absolute pleasure. And we're back. So that was our chat with Lee Olsen. That was very enjoyable. Um, good to actually meet the man virtually, despite um, following for a while. But what do you think? Tell me, Jules. Loved it. Um, yep. I actually didn't know that much about Lee um, prior to jumping into that chat. So it was, from my perspective, I really enjoyed finding out about like how long he's been in the game for and mm. how he's continuing to keep... Um, changing stuff up so his work i mean i don't think his work would ever become stale but to like bring new elements in and to to continually develop and find new ways to bring his digital art to the world i i was to be honest if i were him i'd probably be a little bit more pissed off that like (sighs) artists and and stuff were stealing my uh, athletes rather was not stealing but just using my work and not crediting it but it just shows how like i guess like leveled he is and calm about And all that stuff and just recognizing, but unreal, unreal find, unreal get. Good I mean, work, Barks. Yeah, thank you. I'll take that one. I mean, to be honest, like you're only going to cause yourself negative energy and stress if you worry about people always crediting you, crediting you because realistically, it's not going to happen. Like people aren't going to do it. So I think he's just, as you heard, he's just got that appreciation of Snoop Dogg, Shaq, the, the Shaqs and Snoop Dogs of the world <laughs> posting his work that he's actually just like, fuck it. Like I appreciate it for what it is. A big fan now. Not that I wasn't before, but I'm an even bigger fan now. No, if there's... anyone probably started in the digital art space, he's definitely someone to to follow if you don't already. Yeah. And just to reiterate how cool it is, what he's doing from a little, I don't even know, again, geography, little town. Is Townsville little? I don't know. Who cares? But from oh, it's town... a city, but yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's a swamp. So from a swamp in um, <laughs> Queensland, for all these- I'm glad you didn't say that to him. Major clients. <laughs> it's pretty unreal. Um, all right, let's, we've got a few bit other content to get through today. So we'll sort of just fly on through it. Um, you want to take us through your- Actually, no. What have we You've got You've got here? the first one. Yeah, yeah. I've got the first we got one. got a lot of NFL this week. Yeah. It's love, all NFL. I love NFL. Yeah, go the Vikings or something. Um, so my quick one is- what is this? Oh, just what do you think of this? Bit of transparency from the NFL and their coaching, um, their coaching process. So they actually post candidates. How transparent is that? Oh, so this I mean, is this is actually a real post. It's just a screenshot of it, but I did fact check it. So they're basically uh, Minnesota Vikings have posted. We've completed an interview with Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for an open head coach position, and I just thought that was. It's fairly unique, right? Like you're going to report on people yeah. you interview. I feel that's um, that's almost too transparent. Like, do fans really need to know that? I think it's really interesting. Like, what? Yeah. Why would they? Uh, anyway, this one's yeah, amazing because it's very, very refreshing. But yeah, is it too much? I don't know. Oh, it's cool. I mean, like, I guess you can. It's an easy way to gauge like what your fans think of a candidate and like how well they're going to be backed. Opening but- yourself up more though. Yeah, or uh, like on the other side, maybe it's something like a ploy to get other people interested. Oh, seeing that, like, yeah, we're going they're, for they're this guy. To yeah. Else. yeah, but anyway, yeah, don't mind good. that. Interesting, interesting. 
Um, I've got a couple of quick ones out of the NFL as well. Um, this first one, we don't need to watch the whole thing. Um, it goes for about three minutes. This is an example of what you do when you're a company like Pepsi and you're combining with the um, NFL um, to, ne- to release who's performing at your halftime show. This is like a cinematic production. It goes for three and a half minutes or something like that. And it's got Eminem. It's got Snoop Dogg, it's got Dr. Dre, it's got Kendrick in it, and it's got Mary Mary J. Blige. And it's just this whole whole thing of, of all these different artists and how they're getting the call to perform at the Pepsi um, oh. Super Bowl Super Bowl halftime show. Unreal. Like it, yeah, again, wow. this is unlimited budget, but what a, a great idea that like uses their own personalities and their own music to like get people excited about um, something like this. Yeah, buddy. So you talk about the money put into it, the production and the editing to this is. I don't even need sound. That's bloody impressive. Yeah, it would have been millions upon millions. But um, highly recommend watching the whole thing. Again, links will be available in our uh, spreadsheet, which is pinned to our profile. Absolutely. Um, next one again. Last one, but for NFL, I think we talked about this last year. Um, the NFL and Nickelodeon. They're back. From the sewers to the sidelines, let's look back at our last touchdown with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ooh, cowabunga. Oh, we um, did, didn't we? But what, what, what did we talk about? Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. What did we talk about? They had um the 3D. The slime. Yeah, but, yeah, On the but broadcast. during the broadcast. Yeah, broadcast, yep. And they've taken it to another level, right? So if you have a look at oh. the um the bottom half of the screen, so the, sorry for fans at home. We've got a split screen on TikTok. The top half is the actual play that's happening in real life, but in the bottom, they've actually Nickelodeon has recreated this with Ninja Turtles. Like they've <laughs> recreated the same play with all the players as Ninja Turtles. I like, thought that it's. I mean, the technology is unreal. But like, talk about what a great way to get kids to love a sport, right? Like, yeah. It's yeah. much better than just the slime that they had last year. They've really upped the game. Um, hang, hang on, is this is this a broadcast? So every play, it's not just one play created. It's actually you watch it. No, not the whole broadcast, but like they picked oh. out specific players from say. it and like recreated it. It's unreal, it's isn't it? Still unreal. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah, and we, I think. Sorry, we talk Sorry. about uh, targeting different audiences. That's pretty damn cool for kids. That's how you do it. Um, and I think during the actual coverage, they had um, SpongeBob commentating as well. So, <laughs> love it. It's just a little added bonus. Again, what America, yeah. what America can do with their content and coverage. What they can do with money, hey? Money, yeah. I wasn't trying to just blank it out with money, but you're right. Three straight NFL. Um, Nice from us, different. Now, last yeah. week there was, there was a bit of uh, complaining from yourself in that chair over there about the lack of mic'd up. Well, we're I back just, this I week. Missed hearing, I just missed hearing the intro and you sing, to be honest. I had to go listen to it. All right, well, we'll play that bad boy now. If you mic me up, it's Mike because uh, it's my name. So we've got, uh, well, is it, Dan- is it da- just Daniel Med- Medvedev? Daniel, Daniel Medvedev. Medvedev. Uh, this is just a. Uh, I just appreciate the access. It, it all linked up to marked up. So he um, obviously won his match against Kyrgios. For those that didn't know, the Australian Open. Um, I believe he's one of the favourites to win. But I think he. Um, I'm sure everyone's seen this, but I just thought it was a bit humorous that I believe the this stupid Ronaldo thing. Oh See, my god! Whatever it is, I'm so sick of hearing it. Uh, it's a bit of an I egg, think to it's, be honest. I think it's made worse, and no knock on you, but Critter walks around the office saying it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, shouts, Critter, if you're listening. Shouts, Critter. So this was just a bit humorous. I'll try to skip to where it was, but um, it was getting interviewed by was it Jim Courier? Yeah, was it Jim? Yeah. Um, and he thought the crowd was booing him, but they were actually going "see" or whatever that is. And um, he just sort of has a go at him, uh, has a go at the crowds who'll just listen to this, even though they're actually just doing that Ronaldo thing. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'll try it again. I ca- I, guys, I can't hear him. Please uh, uh, show some respect for Jim Courier. He no, won't no, hear you, guys. Thank okay. you. 
Let him speak, please, guys. If you respect somebody, at least respect Jim Courier. What I was saying is... I, I, like... This is a bloody problem with Australian crowds, isn't it? They just... <laughs> They fucking get one thing and they just go on and on and they on do. and on about it. I want to boss Jim Courier for explaining that. I think Medvedev knew what he was doing. I think so too. So this, I'm glad you said that. So um, this is the main bit of mic'd up that I wanted to show you. He's actually heard backstage saying that he just wanted to play with him a bit. No context, but I think that's the thing is what you're referring. So let's have a listen to this. Apologies for us. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's understandable. I just want to play with them a little bit. We want to see you play. <laughs> so I think right, he, I think you're right. I think he knew no, he knew what he was doing, and I think it's pretty cool that bit of audio got picked up from the broadcast camera. Yeah, why not? Like, the, I mean, you got to come out and do your your thing. Yeah, it's not your crowd. If you want to stir the pot a bit, I feel, I feel like a lot exactly. of athletes enjoy that. Yeah, that's where you get your motivation from. That's why yeah. I, um, I bug you sometimes to get you fired up sometimes, and then we go for there. It's all you, it's all you do. Then you get me. working. Yeah, well, <laughs> Anyway, true. Bugs, anyway. you've had your segment. Now it's time for me to – actually, we went for breakfast this morning and I'll, I'll let you guess what we had. Uh, eggs, I'm, I'm guessing. Had a lovely um, broccolini, kale, roasted almond kind of salad number with a little poached eggy on top and that's just Sounds a nice segue to – scrumptious. Egg of the week. Egg of the week. Okay, Barks. I've got two, so I'll I'll kick off first, and then we'll go to you, and then we'll come back to me. Okay. Quick one, and I understand it's a tricky situation, so I'm not going to harp on it. But uh, the whole Collingwood Jordan Degoe situation. Oh yeah, You're just egging it. Yep, that's fair enough. Just think it's a bit messy. I think that there's uh there's having a one chance is having two chances, but then there's having three chances. And I think uh, one is probably more than enough in, in some circumstances. Um, and I'd also egg any fan potentially defending him. That's uh, that's what I'm going to say about that. Warranted and well done on not rambling about that. Thank you. Good egg. You. Um, I'll bounce one and then you can do your second one. Mm-hmm. Return. I'll return. Serve the egg, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so I'm just egging uh, tennis players. Mm. I'm egging them for the simple fact that they need silence when they serve. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? It is. And I I put out a tweet about this and I think it's a bit traditional because it's like a higher upper class sport where they that's just respectful to do it. But can you imagine in footy? Can you imagine in basketball? Quiet, please. Uh, Lance Franklin's just Quiet. lining up for a set <laughs> shot. It's It's bizarre when you think about it. Like, the crowd is there for atmosphere and creating that buzz. Like, oh, hang on, pipe down. Let him, let him do his thing or her do Converse thing. opinion, though, but do you think it adds to it when there is a, like, the silence during the play, do you think it then adds to it when there is a celebration? Like, you get that really loud roar? Yeah. But no, I, I, I do agree, but I think it's just a bit funny that they need silence to serve. It's like, all right, well, do the rankings change in player personnel and how good they are? If they can cheer during a serve, is 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 whoever good at serving? If there's a noise, do they just buckle? Do they lose their talent? I don't know. I've questions. I don't, know. I don't play tennis. Well, maybe we need to go to. Maybe we need to get Kyrgios on the show and we can ask him. Oh, well, he's not doing anything now. He got booted. Oh, yeah. he's in doubles. Actually. <laughs> yeah. <it's> <laughs> anyway, right. doubles don't really count. Just wanted to raise it. Um, my second egg again from the world of AFL. Jeez, it's been a shocking work uh, week for the AFL. <laughs> Shocking couple of days. Go calm. Um, West Coast coach. Again, I can't, probably can't dwell on this too much. Um, probably. In an interview. So, West Coast, the only team to not have a pride Guernsey. And for whatever reason that might be, I mean, whatever it is, it, it's what's happened. But the coach getting questioned about that again um, in a media interview with the West Australian or something like that saying, Something to, along the lines of, oh, I think we've done it, this pride thing to death or something oh, like that. Really? I didn't hear that. Yeah. Um, just a very hot take on um, a well, pride round that is so important to like such a big community. Like how can you say it's been done to death? And even if you were trying to get at like 
we've spoken about West Coast not having their pride Guernsey to death. That is just such a shit way to, <laughs> to talk about very something. Comment. Like, oh, it's a it's let's, disgusting let's, comment, really. Let, let's put aside his personal thoughts. Just just the knowing of your position, you you stand at a press conference or whatever and just be like, okay, I might think that behind closed doors, but hang on, should I say it? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a million different ways you could have said that. That's not insulting to yeah. a, a fair amount of your team and also like a whole community around Australia. So, egg. Yeah, that's big egg. Uh, let's you're you're um you're a bit of a boss this week, just in general, actually. Which seg- segue to boss of the week. I don't have a reason. I'm just want to give you your kudos. Boss of the week. Boss of the week. Thank you. I don't know why. Just a bit of compliments thrown around. Um, boss of the week this week. I'm got a quick. I uh, don't know what this guy was doing in a Knicks game, but um, clearly not a very entertaining game. <laughs> Look what he's doing. He's watching um, The Office. <laughs> I actually did see the picture of this. I mean, <laughs> if you're in a Knicks game, surely that's the. Um, well, that's the go of it, isn't it? Prime Entertainment, The Office. Anyway, I just wanted to boss him for just doing his thing. Second boss, is this all me? You've got nothing. Well, I've got one on the back of this one if you if you want to go for it. Um, okay, I'll Matilda's just... beating Indonesia 18-0. Yeah, he just stole mine. <laughs> yeah, I could not boss him. 18-0 in soccer last night, was huge. it? Yeah, that's huge. Um, Sam Kerr, boss as well. Five goals and what did she become? All that, time. That's what, what mine was going to be on the back okay. of that. I've got right, it up I'll here. Do you want it. me to read? Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to read it up? Yep. So Sam Kerr is now the all-time leading goal scorer for Australia, man or woman. This achievement is incredible for Kerr and for Australian football. In her first six years, she scored eight goals. In the following six years, she scored forty-three. <laughs> wow, that statistician jewels. I can't even say that word. Yeah. Uh, thank you to the Female Athlete Project for that. That's a nice little yeah. graphic they put up. Continue to do their thing, Female Athlete Project. Um, yeah, cool. Good one. I've got one small on, one. On your Sam. On your Sam and in general. No, you're a big fan. Matildas. Yeah, we'll have you on next week. I've just got a quick boss, Sydney Kings. They signed a seven-foot um, five giant. Oh, that's brilliant. And they've just put up a game day graphic where he's cropped out, like his head's cut off at his nose. Just a just a little bit of humor in their game day graphic that I thought it was wor- warrant a That's bit well of a done. shout out. That's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Hope he's not insecure about his height. No, you'd hope not, but too late for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Barks, that's it, isn't it? Okay, guys, wrap it up. That's it. That's it for another week. Another extraordinary week. Uh, thanks, big shouts to Lee Olsen again for jumping on. That was really fun chat to have you on board. Um, any questions about anything hit us up on our socials you can watch our faces on youtube like usual um and a bit of a uh, just a note on nfts jules i don't know about you but talking to more people about them it does sort of like, uh, like make it seem don't do this on the show don't come around and say we're going to oh, make an no, nft I, I and always, then be like hey this, hey jules can you start drawing an nft so, over here. no i'm I, not doing it again it happened with the t-shirts it's not <laughs> happening again you know what's funny i was literally just going to make a parting outro comment saying i think it, it's it's seeming more normal and not as daunting when we hear more people talk about it and you've just absolutely gone berserk at me for no reason yeah, i just don't trust you all right i don't trust that you're going to pull this shit on me again we're a good team believe us listeners thanks for tuning in uh we'll catch you and your family families next week what <laughs> i said we'll catch you and your families my you dad's not going to be on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's all just right. sort of covering all bases all right goodbye <laughs>